0: Everybody, you're listening to the 23rd episode of Hit the Baseball Podcast, HBP, where we talk about baseball, drinks, and everything else under the sun. I'm DeCarlo Calloway, alongside Dorian, and on today's podcast, we convince you to overcome adversity, put on shoulder pads to kick off International Women's Day, we cover ourselves up around the artist formerly known as America's Mayor, and we ask. If podcasting remains a de- democratized medium, or will Hollywood and tech giants become the gatekeepers and marvel at Zlatan being Zlatan? And we want to start this episode like we do every episode, discussing what it is that we're drinking while we're recording this. So I want to pass it off to my main man, Dorian, to get us started. How are you doing today, man?
1: I'm good, and I want to start you off with a song. Yo, once, say. twice... Three times a lady. Happy International Women's Day, my friend. Happy International Women's Day to all of our listeners and for by the time you listen to this, it's it's International Women's Day for the third time. And in honor of International Women's Day, I'm drinking a Moscow Mule. Basically, this is a Kirkland Signature, everyone's favorite big big box store. Uh, it's the vodka from France, not the American one, it's the fancy one, and I, and I mixed it with uh, some Saranac ginger beer, which is made in Utica, Utica, not Utica, Utica, New York, and a pinch of lime. So why am I talking about International Women's Day and having a, a, a commie, communist drink? Because actually the Moscow Mule was invented at the Hotel, hotel Chatham in New York City, and in honor of New York City, I'm going to talk quickly about Anna Eleanor Roosevelt born and bred Manhattan, born and bred New Yorker. She was born in 1884. We all know her as Eleanor Roosevelt. She was the first lady and the United States delegate to the United Nations. And Rose- and she was the person responsible for the adoption of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Cheers to her. Uh, the first lady, F- first lady Roosevelt also supported racial equality and women in the workforce. She, she would hold her own conference, press conferences, only inviting women. She served on the board of the NAACP. She spoke French fluently. And her uncle, a guy you may have heard of by the name of President Theodore Roosevelt, gave her away in her wedding to future President Franklin on St. Patrick's Day. So Her St. second Patrick, St. cousin, Day. too. Her second cousin. Keep it in the, but, and, and President Roosevelt, uh, President Theodore Roosevelt said at the wedding, he said, he's, I'm paraphrasing, he said, it's good that we keep the name of the family. <laughs> Gross. So, so. Anyways, cheers to the Roosevelts because it's now going to be their 106th wedding anniversary. And uh, another important thing about the first lady, she changed the role of the first lady because before her, her predecessor, Lou Henry Hoover, who was the president of Herbert Hoover, before Herbert Hoover went to the White House, she was an active feminist. And she immediately dropped all of that when she went into the White House. And Eleanor said, "I that's not me." Eleanor was a strong woman, and she wrote. She wrote in magazines. And she called to, She called in. She had her own radio shows, and there was a lot of times she even publicly opposed some of the policies of President Franklin Roosevelt. So she changed world history because when Franklin Delano Roosevelt, as we all know, he was paralyzed, but he wasn't born paralyzed when we started to become paralyzed, Franklin's mother said, you should become a country gentleman and quit this political game. That's what rich people do. They can do whatever they want. And Eleanor said, for, to, told Franklin, you are not giving up on this political career. Imagine if we hadn't have had Franklin General Roosevelt as president during World War One and the Great Depression. Insane. You can thank Eleanor Roosevelt for that. And at her funeral, the American ambassador.
0: I just the had American to say- I had to say, for one, uh, you know Herbert Hoover's wife wasn't the president. You know, you called her the president.
1: <laughs> no, Lou, I called her Lou Henry. Lou Henry Hoover. That was her name.
0: Yeah, but you called her the president. Oh no, president. I said
1: before what I what I meant was before President Hoover went, and she was a you know active feminist, and, and she also, gave it and also FDR was World War II,
0: not World War one. He was a naval he was a Secretary of the Navy during World War One I, I think president.
1: just I think just smelling this vodka is messing up all my my history facts but yes <laughs> imagine President Franklin Roosevelt was a president during World War II and the Great Depression before that. So uh, uh, the when at her funeral and she died in the mid 60s 1960s, the American ambassador to the United Nation Adlai Stevenson said quote, she would rather light a candle than curse the darkness, and her glow has warmed the world," end quote. So those of you in New York are interested in public policy, the Roosevelt House of Public Policy Institute is located, it's within Hunter College, and it's actually the offices within the old New York City home of Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt. So cheers to Women, cheers to strong women like Eleanor Roosevelt and to the city of Manhattan with my delicious Moscow Mule.
0: Yeah, also, shout-out to Mattel for recently releasing an Eleanor Roosevelt Barbie. Literally, just like today. So, you know, shout-out to them for that. Um, for me, this evening, I am drinking tea on Spanish orange tea, which is actually some tea from Germany. It's a fruit tea. Um, <laughs> I am... Uh, just, yeah, it's funny. You're talking about Roosevelt and, you know, Eleanor and Franklin and, you know, they fought against the Nazis and I'm here drinking German uh
1: No, I was laughing because it's Spanish orange, but it's from Germany. Yeah, well, I mean, you get the oranges from Spain,
0: you know, from like the south of Spain, Valencia orange. Yeah. You know, nice, you know. Those are really good oranges, actually. And this tea is really hitting right now. Like, I've been drinking. I, have, I found I haven't been drinking a lot a lot of alcohol recently. I, I noticed. Yeah, I've been dehydrated. Like, I yesterday, I had, like, a massive headache all day. So, I, I figured it must have been for the fact that I wasn't drinking much. And so, you know, instead of just drinking plain water, I don't like to drink juices and soda and stuff like that. So, I have a lot of tea. And fruit tea is kind of nice just to, you know, you create, like, a little regular cup that you put it in a big mug or a big, like, thermos, and then just fill it up with, you know, room temperature water, it it creates a nice little drink. So
1: that's what I'm sipping on this evening, and I'm enjoying it, yeah, a lot. Well, Well, however we decide to stay hydrated or to stay drinking some alcohol, our listeners can join us with our drinks by tweeting us a picture of your favorite drink this week. Our Twitter handle is at HPP4040. And remember to use the hashtag HBPDrink. Again, so it's, we're putting on our 1980s sh- shoulder pads for females or football shoulder pads because I want to talk very quickly about women in college football this last fall before the, this whole, was it last fall or was it 2019? I don't remember now. It was not 2020 this past fall. There was a lot of attention about a female kicker by the name of Sarah Fuller. She was a kicker for the Vanderbilt University, the Commodores. And she was uh, originally, she was actually a soccer player, the goalkeeper for the Vanderbilt women's team. And she's got all these headlines because she was the first female to score in a football game in the power five conference. All these are very specific things that really don't mean a lot. My question, I kept thinking about this and I'm like, That's really specific. When someone's very specific about this person did this for the first time ever, that means someone else did it before. (laughs) And actually the first woman to score in a college football game was a woman by the name of Liz Heaston. And she did it all the way back in 1997 for the Williamette University Bearcats. She was a soccer player on the women's team. We, We see a pattern here. And I know you're asking yourself, Where in the hell is William Met? That's exactly the same question I asked myself. It's actually in Salem, Oregon, not Salem where they used to burn witches in somewhere in New England, Salem, Oregon, all the way in the Northwest of uh, the United States. But then being of a certain generation, I kept thinking again, I'm like, Liz Heaston was not the first woman to score or even play in a college football game. Then a light bulb went off in uh, the old coconut up here. Lucy Draper, unrelated to Donald Draper, was the first woman to score for the Texas State University Yeehaw, the fighting armadillos. She was, you guessed it, a soccer player on the women's team at Texas State University. She kicked the first field goal for, that a woman has ever done in college football versus Kansas University. Now this is a bit fictionalized as well because Lucy Draper was not a real person. She was actually played. Uh, she she was it was this is from the movie Necessary Roughness. It was a comedy all the way back in 1991. Lucy Draper was played by Kathy Ireland, who was at that time one of the top models. She was uh, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, and uh, she was very popular with the boys. So hats off to Lucy Draper, aka Kathy Ireland, for being the first fictional woman to kick a fictional field goal and score fictional points for the fictional, fictional (laughs) Texas state university. And uh, to be fair, there's still, we still have not had a woman be a player in any of the four major sports in North America, that being the the national hockey league, the major league baseball, national basketball association, or the national football league. But But still I love that movie necessary to roughness. Yeah. I
0: mean, we're getting closer in terms of uh, referees and coaches, though. Like, I mean, you got some female um, coaches in the NFL teams. I can't remember. And referee. Yeah, you're right. And referees. There. And also, right. in, also referees in, like, in NBA. FIFA, you have uh, female referees, like, especially in, what in the, in the English Premier League and the German Bundesliga, NBA. Um, who is it? Um, there's actually who is a coach for, like, who's an assistant coach for... Uh, oh,
1: the with the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs yeah. And also, so in terms of... The
0: um, There was... I remember there was an also, another uh, female kicker some years ago for Colorado, Katie Nida, I remember her. And then it was a whole scandal because, unfortunately, she suffered some, you know, sexual harassment and stuff mm. on that team. So, I mean, you know, women are making their place in sports, which they should be, you know. Yeah. I'm, and I'm there, was, you know what
1: there? Fast. Yeah, and there was a lot of stars on Necessary Roughness, like uh, our main man sidbad Yeah, man. Star of the comedy first kid. He was the the head secret service agent. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and also uh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Remember <laughs> that they were fighting each other for the toys.
1: That's right. I forgot about that. That's an underrated Christmas movie. I'm gonna watch that for Christmas later this year. Really Jingle is. All the Way. I totally. I, Totally forgot about that that is an underrated christmas movie thank yeah, you it for really that. was it really was but yeah <laughs> so unfortunately speaking like, of secret service yeah i and mean people who used to work at the white house
0: well not technically he he was, <laughs> he was there he was just a was part of the, the yeah hanging out for the scenery is uh the former the artist formerly known as america's mayor rudolph giuliani who is uh a creep to begin with especially being that he's another one who was uh married to his second cousin in his first marriage, but also you know he's been recently exposed for just seeming like a lunatic with uh you know lot you know es- essentially just going out and spewing like verbal diarrhea on news networks when uh his uh number one client was still the president of the united states and
1: uh
0: also uh
1: I thought you. I thought you were going to say that he was just spewing his his uh, yeah, hair yeah. dye everywhere. But well,
0: no, he was trying to spew something else in Borat, <laughs> if we remember that. But then also oh, his goodness. hair dye. Uh, oh, but you know, allegedly. he allegedly, yeah, allegedly, he, he struck <laughs> he struck again during a, a recent podcast on the War Room podcast with uh, Steve Bannon. And this was commemorating uh, memories of him and Rush, Lim- the late Rush Limbaugh, uh, mm-hmm. golfing, and they happened to be on the same golf. Uh, like Michelle, we was also in the same golf course as them at the time, and he was making mention of her bending down and potentially seeing her, allegedly seeing her underwear, which even her had Steve- Yeah, he even had Steve Bannon and his other co-hosts kind of looking like, "Dude, are you really doing this right now?" Um, And Michelle, we, you know, she was asked about it and she kept it very professional and just kind of brushed it off. But it's a shame that, you know, people, we can't even play a game of golf without being ogled. Like, I mean, we know people, we're human beings. We have our, you know, we're attracted to people in ways. And, you know, as as the former president said, sometimes there's locker room talk. But at the same time, if you're going to share information like that, like don't diminish a public person's persona in a public forum in such a way, because it diminishes, you know, it, it attempts to diminish her as a, as a human being and also as a golfer. And, you know, it, it, it's just a bad venue to do something like that. If you, you have something like, you can't share a better memory. You have to share a memory where you just look like a sleaze ball, but
1: I don't know. He's losing his mind. And you know, I, was say that. I, I think at yeah. this point, I don't even, I, I don't even know if he knows what year it is, but uh, yeah, that's totally Call for. It. I mean, you're just there playing a game and someone's looking at your undergarments. It's like, come on.
0: Or, or attempting to look, you know, going hard. Because, you know, like high school, like thinking about like guys when they're like teenagers in high school and they see a girl bend over or something like that, they might try to, you know, do as much as possible to see whatever they possibly could. I could imagine that's essentially what he was doing. It's like... Stupid boys. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like we sometimes, you know, men revert to... Their are pre-pubescent and pubescent cells once they not me baby
1: once twice three times a lady well, like my, my boy
0: by singing
1: <laughs> like my know. boy Leo, uh, uh i would say leonel uh, Lionel messi <laughs> i know <laughs> Lionel, Lionel Richie, but it's 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 spelled the same way, Lionel, Lionel, it's the same, it's just, it's just a it.
0: language, it's a Spanish Yeah, it's just English or
1: Spanish, exactly.
0: And, and and Lionel's mom would call him Lionel. You know, there was an the old documentary, oh, like I think it was like the H1 behind the music, Lionel Richie or something like that. And she was interviewed, she was like Lionel, but she's also from Alabama, you know, sweet thing. So <laughs> but, yeah, um, but it, it, it,
1: what, what else have we heard uh, besides this is everyone's favorite podcast but what other podcast news do we have besides uh dirty old men with bad hair jobs bad, bad, bad hair tie jobs
0: yeah well the,
1: young, young women
0: well there's the news that i mean podcasting you know a lot of people are, are entering the, the terrain and they want to be able to, you know, make a little... We're trendsetters,
1: DiCarlo. We're trendsetters, baby. Are we, though?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, podcasting is growing. It's growing. It has been growing since uh, 2018. There was an article recently in the New York Times talking about podcasting's growth. But, of course, when there's an industry that grows, especially entertainment, you're going to have the big players who start to enter into the fray, and you're starting to see that uh, with podcasting. So... Podcasting is being invested in. First, it was kind of like a niche thing, almost like public broadcasting, except with your smartphone, where you might have say, you know, people broadcasting conspiracy theory like things or niche stuff about technology or mechanics and things like that. But you're seeing, you know, over the last like three years, two billion dollars being invested from Titans like Spotify, Amazon, Sirius XM, iHeartMedia, and others who are jumping into the fray. You have former presidents like Bill Clinton and Barack Obama utilizing the medium. And it's one of the hottest corners in media. Um, yeah, it's, you know, this whole format in business, its practices are developing, it's still new. But of course, with the optimism of this growing market because you have had people who were relatively unknown to really catapult. And, and grow their business from doing podcasts you had a lot of comedians who are supplementing going out on the road and um, doing shows and clubs by also having podcasts that's the way that they were able to capture a lot of their and they get attention paid. and then they get sponsorships and they get paid paid, right? you look at joe exactly. rogan Exactly, joe
1: rogan you know notable he's like the king of podcasting right now and uh a freaking gazillionaire. Bill Bill Burr makes some good money off. Yeah. It. I love listening to Bill Burr. He makes some good money off. Yeah. Of uh, yes. Mark Marin too. He, the guy has three podcasts. Three. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mark Marin, like a lot of these comedians, a lot of comedians are really like taking popular. Like every comedian, like you see a comedian at a club, hopefully soon there'll be more comedy clubs that are opening up again. Uh I guarantee you, you know, it won't just get their social media, you'll also get their podcast. So, you know, to be able to tune in. But, you know, the idea of all this money coming in is really, um, it, it's hurting this idea of the do it your own uh, spirit of podcasting, you know, indie podcasters use this as a way because you decentralize distribution, you essentially, you find a certain, you know, you find a platform where you could, um, you could host your, your podcast on, and then you just upload it, and you do your own editing, you know, all of those things, the things that we do, we're we're a do, do it yourself podcast. Um, but there's fear that with all of these tech giants pushing in that paywalls and exclusive deals will start to really muscle a lot of people out. Um, and one of the fears of that is not only muscling out the little guy, but also stifling the, the diverse voices that are you know, popping up on podcasts. Um, one thing I will say though, is that a lot of the big giants are trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to capture a lot more diverse voices, but at the same time, you're having a gatekeeper effect when you do that as well. It's like, oh, so you might, you know, elevate the voices of some and then you leave the others left to, you know, pick up the scraps. So, you know, with any growing industry, there's always this fear once people who have a lot more capital get involved, that they'll be able to kind of, you know, snatch away the decentralized aspect of it. And that's what's happening with podcasting right now.
1: But the Carlo, let us let's, let's get one thing clear. Uh, I wouldn't mind some of that Amazon or Spotify money, if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, I don't think anybody. <laughs> so if would, if,
1: if if Jeff Bezos wants to throw a couple of uh, you know hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, our way, like, you know. No, but you know what it hey, brought hey me. Hey Alexa, hey Alexa, play Hipster Baseball Podcast. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> playing Hipster Baseball Podcast. No, but you know what's funny? It brought me back to something that we were had like a conversation we were having off camera once about. Um, you know, elevating small podcasts. Like, you know how American Express has small business Sundays or, you know, something like that in the same vein after Black Friday. Like you, when you go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you go on the categories, you get all of these like high rated shows that are at, at, at the start. So if I'm just a novice person coming in, trying to start saying like, oh, everybody's listening to podcasts, let me jump in. You know, you're just seeing all of the big boys who have a lot of traction and you don't have, you know, a lot of up and coming podcasts who, you know, might be up your alley. Like you have to really go and search long and hard for that. And so, you know, that's also a fear, too. It's like if you want to elevate people, then give those smaller podcasts within those categories, put them at the top of the line occasionally so that they can get some traction as opposed to continuously highlighting those that are already the top. Ends or even just have say like up and coming podcast sections within yep. those categories, like subcategory for that, which that would help. Keep hint, it decentralized. hint,
1: Spotify, hint, hint, Google Podcast, hint, hint Apple. Apple, yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey Google, play hipster baseball podcast. I uh, did not hear you. Could you say that one more time? No, <laughs> hey Alexa, hey, uh, I, I, you know, Apple doesn't have, oh no, it's Siri, hey Siri, play hipster baseball podcast. But yeah, that would be great if they were all to help out, you know, even one week a a year, just like DiCarlo had said about small businesses for these uh, podcasts, but we love doing this. This is our own insurgent startup podcast and we're growing, we're happy and we love, we love doing this. And, you know, thinking about some of those, uh,
0: you know, corporations and companies who definitely look out for the little guy, we definitely want to, you know, showcase our sponsor for today, AMC Motors. So for all of you people out there who are driving your electric cars, because we're hearing, you know, we got Tesla that's already out there that's really pushing electric vehicles. We've heard that General Motors is going to go all electric by 2025, I believe. Volvo just recently came out and said that they're going to have all of their cars electric by 2030. You know, that's great, but let's not forget that, you know, your Gremlin and your Rambler could get you to places quite well. And AMC is making sure that they still have combustible engines, you know, internal combustion engines, but also economically and environmentally safe. So make sure while you're out there looking for your new car that you do not pass up AMC Motors. Keep it in America. Keep it 100 and keep it moving faster, AMC Motors.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. We love AMC Motors. Everyone's talking about their Chinese Neo electric car, Tesla. Uh, there's a new one, hasn't even come out yet. Uh, they're uh, they're based out of Arizona. Is it Lucid? Uh, Lucid, Lucid yeah. Motors, yeah. But, and
0: you have Polestar uh, as well. There's a bunch of them. Fisker before and you have,
1: that. And you even have a electric car company that, went bankrupt or is in trouble before even producing anything nicola the the electric truck company (laughs) that turned out to be a fraud the allegedly and i remember uh driving that well no i didn't drive i'm not that old (laughs) the uh, the gremlin a yellow rusted out gremlin and it was a beautiful thing and you know thank uh thank whatever white bearded deity or the universe or Mother Earth that it didn't blow up. <laughs> Allegedly. No, we love AMC
0: motors. But yeah, I had a rambler. Like we called it rusty. <laughs> I mean the brakes were,
1: you know, interesting, but they made some yeah, changes the, since then. Yeah, they, they so we're talking about the these classic old cars, little rough around the edges and these sleek new ones. And there's uh there's also a lot of beards that are be, that we that we talked about and this next segment is grow a beard and go into hiding aka the federal witness protection program mm-hmm. who are you calling out today de carlo
0: i am calling out you know a, a great athlete but unfortunately i'm gonna have to quote the the great uh, wordsmith lavar ball stay in your lane Zlatan Ibrahimović, and, and this is regarding his recent comments. I mean, he's, he's made a lot of comments over the course of his career, which many people would just want to kick him in the head with. Uh, but in this one, he was interviewed recently, and um, he was talking about LeBron James and LeBron James utilizing his platform as an athlete to discuss. Who? LeBron James, the king, the GOAT. Who's but, that? Come on. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about LeBron James and criticizing him for utilizing his platform as an athlete to discuss social justice and racial issues, which, you know, everybody is is privy to their own opinion. So there's no problem with Zlatan voicing that. But the biggest thing I found problematic about his statements were the fact that when, you know, the shoe was on the other foot, Zlatan used his position to speak about the discrimination and racism that he experienced as the son of immigrants growing up in Sweden. So we know Zlatan Ibrahimovic. If you know the last
1: name Ibrahimovic, it definitely is not
0: one that bodes from Scandinavia because his family was from the former Yugoslavian. Bo-
1: bo- was he Bos- Bosnian? Is that his, his parents Bosnia? No. I, I just say Yugoslavia because I don't know specifically what country right.
0: within Yugoslavia. So when he came there from there, it was Yugoslavia. So I'm going to stick to that. Um, so that was where his family was from. So Yugoslavia. Yeah, bo-
1: they're but they're know, uh, bo- from Bosnia and Herz- Herzegovina.
0: Okay. So he's from Bar- Bosnia and Herzegovina. And he grew up in Sweden. And you know, if you don't know the demographics of Sweden, it's a very homogeneous population. And especially during the eighties and nineties, there was a lot of, you know, still is a lot of racism, but it's even more so at that point, because the, the country was, did not have as many, um, you know, immigrants coming from different parts of, of Europe and other parts of, of the world. And he dealt with his own issues of discrimination. Did he go about it in the same way like LeBron James in terms of, you know, going out and actively speaking you know, in games and, and, you know, probably pushing FIFA and other soccer leagues to to look at that, no. But at the same time, I felt it was really hypocritical for somebody who's had to endure their own trials and tribulations within their home country, casting, you know, the stone on another individual who's doing the same thing. And LeBron brought that up with, when he was asked about it in a a post-game press conference. And he said, you know, I do my homework. And he was like, didn't, you know, he was doing the same exact thing. And not only that, you know, for LeBron, he's like, you know, for me, I'm from these communities. I still have people in these communities. I'm invested in these communities. He started a school in Akron, Ohio. He still has family who lives there. And not only that, he, you know, he he's spoken about the lack of um, accountability that many previous NBA players you know, from the eighties and nineties didn't really own up to their positions. You know, it was a different time. And, you know, they had different, you know, they, they felt, it, you know, they could use their position differently. Like Michael Jordan, you know, we know him for being the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest basketball player ever to play the game, but he never spoke about issues.
1: And, oh, a, lot, a lot of these young people don't, they don't know him for being the, the, the greatest of all time. They know him from all the crying memes,
0: Oh yeah, 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 for sure. The crying meme, the crying Jordan meme, those are hilarious. But <laughs> oh, also now, sneakers.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's sneakers. Uh, crying memes, and now it's now the crying meme is is out. Now the new one is you just put someone else's face on him when he says in that in in the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance and I took that personally. Yes, yes, it's like everything. It's like, oh, he looked <laughs> at me I across I took that personally, because that was like the lie.
0: Everything that he did before a right. game, it's like, I took it personally, so like yeah. I destroyed them. Um, but he was no, you know, he was quoted at one point saying, and this was after, I believe his mother was trying to get him to endorse a candidate for governor, or senator, of well, it's in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and, you know, his response, you know, paraphrasing was, well, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. And also you had players like Charles Barkley, who literally had a whole Nike campaign talking about, I'm not a role model.
1: <laughs> and so... Was he with Nike? I thought he was with Reebok.
0: Or One of them damn shoe companies. I don't okay. remember. It was too long ago. I'm getting old. If
1: any of those shoes companies want to sponsor us, you know, we're all for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that cat, that really, like... You know, galvanizing and really motivated LeBron and other people within this current generation of basketball players to utilize their platforms. Because not only that, they see, you know, many of them came from these communities that are dealing with much of these hardships. And so, you know, they feel it's a disservice to not say anything, especially being that they felt like their role models didn't say anything and didn't speak to them. Um, So, you know, I find it really, you know, I found it disheartening that, Le- that Zlatan felt the need to say something like that. Not only that, he's, he's saying a bunch of other stuff, but I felt that it was just, it was just ill-timed. Not right, but like, like I said, he is, he has his own opinion. He is privy to say whatever he wants to say. But I could also just call his hypocrisy on that, and that's what I'm doing right now. So that's why I think he needs to grow a beard. He wouldn't go into hiding because as soon as he would get there, he's like, I'm he,
1: Zlatan. So yeah, he he is, his ego is too big. And by the way, our fact checkers here at HBP say that you're correct because Charles Barkley was actually sponsored by Nike, and he famously said, "quote I have two million reasons not to wear Reebok." End quote. Because they were paying Nike, was paying him $2 million a year to uh, wear Nike leisure shoes, undergarments.
0: And you know Charles needed that for his gambling problem. Oh, he, my he, he's it's not Jordan. allegedly. He's, he Jordan. says that he's like I, Jordan
1: I, also has a huge gambling problem, well, but it's okay because he's a billionaire. Yeah, I mean,
0: but you know, like Jordan will sit back. he will, you like, oh man, I, I'll bet you this. He like, you will put money on that. <laughs> You know, no, some but, but, people you don't want to mess with like in terms of those people who could sit back and like $5,000 is like 5 cents you're like no nah, I'm good uh, I'm not You gonna
1: that. I don't know if you remember uh, this must have been about maybe 6 7 years ago in the NBA that Magic Johnson was one of the people that was pushing to have this is when LeBron James was still playing with the Miami Heat so it had to have been about 6 8 years ago they everyone wanted LeBron because you know LeBron James famously has never entered the slam dunk contest ever, and so they were. And so Magic Johnson was like, you know what, I'm going to throw in a million dollars in a pot to get LeBron to perform. And I remember this was on ESPN. Magic Johnson was interviewing Kevin Durant, and he asked, he basically asking Kevin Durant, he, you know, did it interview with when Kevin Durant was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he said, Do you agree? And he's like, Yeah, of course. Everyone would love to see LeBron James in the slam dunk contest. And he goes, Magic says, I'm gonna put a million dollars. Are you would you put a million dollars? <laughs> Kevin Kevin Durant started laughing. He's like, I'll put a hundred thousand dollars. I don't have your kind of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Magic Johnson, let's not forget Magic billionaire. Johnson. He owns, he's partial owner of the LA Dodgers. Yep. Starbucks.
1: Uh, the, cin- the, the cinemas? Yeah, AMC, AMC. Well, he's taking Regal a hit on those numbers. right now, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But right. go, to go back to Zlatan, 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 Zlatan is, again, we mentioned that his parents are from Bosnia and Herzegovina. And for those of you who didn't play Carmen San Diego growing up that's actually a small country in the Balkans and in, in Eastern southern Europe and his you father was us,
0: man you really
1: <laughs> <us>. <laughs> his father is Muslim or was Muslim and his mother was Catholic and they were always in you know trouble with the law his one of his sister had a drug issue so he knows what it's like not to grow up with any privilege anything and being a foreigner in a foreign land even though he is Swedish but he also had a, he also had a teammate when he was with Inter Milan in, in the in the Italian Serie A and calcio and soccer football. Uh, Mario Balotelli. Mario Balotelli is uh, Italian striker, a forward. He's he, he's the guys that the guys that score the goals, basically the guys that get all the money, all the girls, all that stuff, or the boys, you know, whatever. And he actually his. Mario's parents were Ghanaian immigrants from again Carmen San Diego uh, from western Africa the gold coast as we used to be called and they immigrated to Italy for various reasons they had to give up for they had to give him up for adoption when he was uh, like 2 3 years old and he was brought up by a Jewish Italian family in northern Italy Mario Balotelli he went through a lot of racism as you can imagine being a, a young black boy playing calcio playing soccer in Italy and again Zlatan he knows what he's talking about but he's saying stupid things about you know let look LeBron is an American like anyone else they can say you know for good and bad whatever the hell they want and so if LeBron in his mind wants to positively impact things let him do it Zlatan has already gone through some of, the th- some of the things because no two people are alike. But he has an understanding of what LeBron must have gone through. He has an understanding, and he knows what his former teammate Mario Balotelli uh, went through. And Mario Balotelli continues to go to race. We're not talking about racism here, but it's still all, all these things that affect you growing up. So,
0: Well, he, he goes through called... the racism, too. I mean, let's not forget the poor guy has been pelted with bananas and called monkey yeah. throughout his whole career, whether playing yeah. in Italy. We're talking about
1: Mario, Mario Balotelli. Yeah,
0: nah, Mario not Balotelli. Balotelli. <laughs> like, I mean, we we have to remember that when it comes to, like, soccer players in, in Italy. and spain europe in europe in europe in general oh
1: it's even in eastern carlo you know this better than i do that's exactly what i say in eastern europe it's even worse when you have a lot of these african and even brazilian players who are a lot of brazilians are like mixed uh mesoamerican and black going to play in places like the russian league this side and the other and they they go through a terrible time not not only because it's unbelievably cold but because of uh the fact that they have more melanin in their skin than some people in the Ukraine or Russia
0: mm-hmm, who have no exposure to people of color,
1: except seeing that, you know,
0: except the racist imagery and ideas. Like, I mean, like, just to give you an example. So um, in Germany, we, there is a kid game that they would play in school called who's afraid of the black man. You know, it was like, you know, it, it's really, and it was like a game they played in school. So right you know like they would run around and they'd be like oh who's afraid of the black man and and it's like oh my god like these are the type of games and you know i had a discussion with a friend recently you know talking about you know because a lot of people they they view a lot of stuff as like cancel culture one thing recently was dr seuss estate pulling six books that had overt like racial imagery and overtones into it and people like oh now you're canceling dr seuss it's like well no, his, his, family,
1: his family, his family, his family said not to do it. It, yeah. it wasn't the publisher said, or someone on Twitter said, Dr. Seuss, you're canceled. You're no. flatline, baby.
0: No, it's his family. But the fact of the matter is, is that these images and people fail to know that psychologically speaking, like your, your brain takes in so much in your subconscious. So when you see images like that, even though you as an individual consciously, or even as a kid might not think about it, like in in such an overt way, like, oh my God, this is racist, but in your mind it processes like that. So that when you do have interactions with people of color or who are Asian or from the Middle East, like that's what you associate with them. And, And it's just like caricatures of images that stick in your mind. So it's, and it's hard to break away from that when you're an adult, because you've been programmed. Like we forget that our brains are the fastest, most powerful computers that are out there. And they process information at super fast speeds. And we don't really catch all of it. Like, I mean, you know, granted, there are a lot of people who will see images like the that that A friend who sat back and said like, oh, when I was playing that game, I thought of a chimney sweep because, you know, they would all come, you know, with, right. with, with soot. With but the coal. at the same time, yep. you have other people who see a black man and run. I remember the first time I went to Spain when I was 21 and I had people like stopping and gawking at me like I was an alien. And I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like what's wrong with these people? Like literally like staring and gawking like, They've never seen anybody like that. But then I had to think about the context of Spain being completely isolated through most of like the 20th, like the, the latter parts of the 20th century because it was a fascist country and they didn't have outside interactions with many people. And the interactions that they do have with people of color tend to be those who are immigrating there, who are, you know, who have less North economic Africa. North yeah. Africa or even Sub-Saharan Africa selling right. goods who might be, you know, who are economically disadvantaged. So you know they might be committing crimes or things of that nature. So you have this negative stereotypes that stick in people's minds, even though people might think it's funny, but it actually isn't, and it impacts real living people. So,
1: okay,
0: sad, sad thing, so, yeah. but you know
1: the world and, is what it is. And Zlatan is Zlatan, but nevertheless, we're still going to send him into hiding. And to the federal witness protection program, which he will go, and like De Carlo said, he's, he's going to out himself because Latan's ego is bigger than bigger than the world. But our love is bigger for something else besides Latan, and that's our pets. We love our pets; they bring us happiness. Unlike some of the comments as Latan makes, tweet a picture of your beautiful pet, and we will be very happy to share it with everybody else. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040. Remember to use the hashtag HBPets. That's HBPETS. And that's a wrap for this episode,
0: everybody. I want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. You can find us at Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please give us a review and rate us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Twitter at HBP4040, and our drinks will be in the show notes. Make sure you join us next time for a brand-new episode of HBP, Pinsor Baseball Podcast. Take care.